0: Welcome to the Axe Church UK Weekly Podcast. We hope you will be inspired and blessed by today's message. Enjoy! The title I have for my message today is called Suffering for Jesus suffering for Jesus and maybe some of you here you know you're thinking oh man the weather oh the weather I'm really suffering for Jesus coming to church this morning uh, you know I I know you you mean that in jest because you know that, that there's true suffering there's true suffering and there's this you know truly some of our brothers and sisters in the faith in in countries where they are really right now suffering for Jesus so so even as we're talking about this we're, we're not trying to make light of the issue but we're actually trying to to learn to say that how can we be people that will love God even through our suffering. Amen? And so, all hope is that we become resilient Christians. We become faithful Christians. Uh, We become people who love God uh, just like, you know, uh, uh, what we see declared in movies uh, and even in real life at weddings. We want to love God with a committed love because He first committed to us. Amen? And so, you know, uh, I want to talk to us about suffering. And I know it's not an easy topic, and so my hope is also that by talking about this, um, we will begin to look at suffering differently. We'll begin to see that, you know God uses suffering uh, um, for our benefit. Uh, and how to go through suffering. If you're currently in a very suffering situation, you could be, you know, and we'll go into what that means later on. And also how to comfort ourselves and comfort other people who are suffering. Amen. Uh, and uh, first of all, I want us to, to just, you know, uh, uh, draw near to God in prayer uh, because I, I, I really feel that we really need just uh, 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 the voice of the Holy Spirit to help us to unpack this uh, topic today. God, we thank You uh, for Your Word, and in a while, we're going to dive into uh, talking and unpacking some of these real-life issues, and Lord, more than just information, Lord, we desire above all else, transformation. So Lord, as we're about to read Your Word, let every verse, every letter, let it jump out of the pages of the Bibles that we're reading it from, and let it change us from the inside out. Come and change us, come and remake us, remold us so that we become more like you. Thank you, Lord. We declare that our minds are alert, our hearts are soft to receive all that you have in store for us today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. You know, before I go in further on the topic of suffering, I I want us to first of all know that, you know, just because there's suffering in the world doesn't mean that God doesn't care. Just because there's suffering in the world doesn't mean that God doesn't love in fact, you know, uh, I find that, that, that the Christian faith answers the, the, the conundrum of suffering better uh, and in a more loving way uh, than any other faith. Uh, because really, uh, uh, there are if you look at every other faith, that there's really two uh, um, uh, uh, answers to the question of why is there suffering. Uh, first question is that it's karma. It's karma. Which means that, you know, you are suffering right now because you've done something in the past uh, that that warranted this suffering. So, you're just getting back, you know, what you dished out, right? So, that's one way to understand suffering. And another way to understand suffering, the other faith will tell us, oh, it's divine judgment, you're, you're, you're suffering right now, the reason why uh, uh, there's cancer in your family, the reason why there's divorce in your family, the reason why there's poverty in your family, the reason why there was this or that, you know, is because of divine judgment. God is judging you, you know. God is, is, is what, for whatever reason, God is placing this over you. And, 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 and I find that the Christian faith gives us a far better, far loving answer. It's saying that, God is saying that, look, I am the author and the finisher of your faith. I am not the architect of your pain. I'm the creator of the whole cosmos, but it is human disobedience if you look at everything that is wrong with the world today—systematic racism, corruption, war, poverty—you know all of this, addiction, uh, all of this, capitalism, or sorry, human greed, or whatever it is—not just—I don't want to offend the economists here, just in case you're big fans of capitalism, you know—but all these things, uh, the, the the no matter how perfect a system is, the reason why it doesn't work out, the reason why it opens itself for corruption and abuse, is because of the human condition. And, and, and God, instead of stepping in and addressing these symptoms, because everything with the, wrong with the world today is just symptomatic of the human condition. The human condition is the root. And what Jesus says, what the Christian faith says is that God sees our suffering and He walks into our suffering. And He becomes the atonement. He becomes the solution. He becomes the, 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 the substitution for our human suffering. He instead of just solving wars and, and, and curing poverty and he cured the problem of the human heart and he died for us to remove separation to remove the unholy separation between us and god so that now that in jesus there is no separation in jesus we can have direct access to god and in that access our lives are transformed and we begin to to think in a new way we begin to think in a more noble way. We begin to think in a Christ-like way. And so, in other words, God is saying that I, when it comes to suffering, I step into it. I take your suffering and I took it to the cross so that you don't need to suffer a more painful death. Because again, every pain that we experience in this lifetime is but a fraction of a nanosecond compared to eternity without God. And God is saying that I step in and I solve the root problem. Just to, you know, maybe uh, uh, just just rewind back just in case this conversation is becoming too, I don't know, spiritual or theological, you know, uh, uh, to put it in terms where maybe we can understand. uh, Imagine if you are a cancer patient and God reaches into your life and He takes away the cancer. And here we are as human beings complaining, but why is my hair not growing back yet? Why why is my weight gain not coming back yet? And God is saying, but you don't understand, the cancer's already gone. You know, the hair might or might not grow back, but the cancer is gone. You understand how God deals with the issue of suffering. In other words, because of Jesus, we can go through suffering. And because of Jesus, God can even use You know, the very broken world around us, He can even use. That means that no matter what life throws at us, no matter what the devil throws at us, no matter what evil schemes other men throw at us, God can use it and turn it around for the good of His people and those who believe Him. But don't take my word for it, you know. Uh, How, the question is, how does God use suffering then? He uses suffering as a way to refine us. Refine us, that's my first point. Amen? How do we suffer for Jesus? But understand that the suffering that we do go through right now, and I don't know what you're suffering, maybe for some of us, you know, you have an impossible boss, and you feel like, I can't please my boss, just an impossible person, and you're suffering. You feel like you got a crazy, toxic housemate, or crazy, toxic a roommate, God forbid, you know, in a relationship with, and, and you just go like, I, I, I just don't know, I'm going crazy, I'm suffering right now. Why is God putting this person in my life? Why is God putting this thorn in my flesh? And friends, I want you to know that it is not to punish you, it is, it is God is using it as a way to refine you. Maybe you are, I don't know, you know, uh, in, 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 you, you are studying but you hate your course, you're suffering. Maybe you're working but you hate your job, you're suffering. Uh, maybe you're single and you're hating your status, you're suffering. Maybe you're married and you're hating your status, you're suffering. Whatever it is, right? We, we can never stop finding ways to complain and things like that. And God knows about, that about us. And God is saying that I can use your complaints to mold you, to refine you. But don't take my word for it. Let's turn to Romans chapter 5, verse 3 to 5. Romans 5, 3 to 5, gives us a picture of how God uses us, the things around us, the things that we go through, the different phases of our lives, the different drama, the different tragedy even, uh, for His glory. He says this, and not only that, But we also glory in tribulations, knowing that tribulation produces perseverance. Tribulation is just another word for suffering. Suffering produces perseverance. And perseverance, character. And character, hope. Now, hope does not disappoint because the love of God has been poured out in our hearts by the Holy Spirit who was given to us. Do you see how? God works. God takes the tribulation. God takes the suffering that we're going through. And God uses it and He refines it. And He, he creates perseverance out of it. You know? And then out of perseverance, He creates character out of it. Out of character, He creates hope. Hope ultimately that's placed in God. Amen? And, 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 and so friends, whatever you're going through right now, can I encourage you with this? It is not your final destination. Turn to your neighbor and say, your suffering is not your final destination. Whatever it is right now that you're wrestling with, whatever it is right now that you're hating, it could be your job, it could be your financial situation, it could be your family situation, it could be a personal problem, it could be your wrestling with an addiction, whatever it is, friends, I'm here to tell you that that is not the end for you. God is still writing your story. Oh, that's so good. Why are you telling anybody neighbor it says, God is still writing your story? Amen? We understand this. When we go to the gym, we understand this fundamentally, you know, that that's why you know, we go to the gym, you know, is it, is it fun? No, it's not fun, you know, and maybe some of you here go, oh man, I, I love going to the gym. Yeah, now, but not initially. Initially, you hated it. You know, every weight was painful. During and after, especially after, and you're going like, ah, so much pain, so much pain. It's not worth it. But that pain wasn't the final destination. And then you kept going back to the pain called weights. You kept going back to the pain called the trap meal. You kept going back to the pain called uh, uh, I don't know because I don't go to the gym. Um, <laughs> you know whatever it is, you you go, you know, and you meet, you face your giants. Call your personal trainer. You keep going back at it again and again and again and guess what? It built up perseverance. That's the theological word for muscle. And so some of us, you know, you're going like, oh, why is God giving me suffering? Why is is this God? I thought you loved me because I do love you. But I want to give you muscles. I love you so much, I want to give you muscles. I love you so much, I want to give you six packs. Everyone who loves six packs say, okay, not enough. Um... (laughs) And that's what character is. That's what character is. I was explaining to my wife and to ex Bristol yesterday. It he says here, suffering produces perseverance, perseverance character. Character, just to help you understand character, character is the six-packs that you don't see. Oh, it's the six-packs that are on the inside. You know, the six-packs on the outside, any Tom, Dick, and Harry can have it if they go to the gym. But, but just because you've got six-packs on the outside doesn't mean you've got six-packs on the inside. You know, and all the people who don't have six-packs say? Amen. Okay, now, now now, that's better. Now that's better. Amen? Character is the strength that's on the inside. Six-packs is the strength that you show on the outside. Oh, look at how how ripped my abs are. No, no, look at how deep my patience is. Look at how, how, how strong my self-control is. Uh, look, look, look at the within. And that's what God wants to do. You know, we we all go like, wow, you know, love is patient, love is kind. I want to have that kind of characteristic. Do you know that we say, God, make me more patient. He's going to put impatient people around you. Not because He hates you, but because even impatient people need the love of God. And as you love them with the love of God, your impatience becomes patience. Your perseverance becomes character. And your character, hope. Amen? Amen? This is how God uses. So relook look at whatever it is that's giving you a headache right now. L- look at whatever it is right now that, that, that's giving you so much pain and suffering and relook look it through the lens of the finished book on the cross. God's using it to refine you. Amen? Praise God. And so if we know that God uses and God can use suffering, amen, uh, on, on our benefit. And then that's another thing about suffering is that, that God does use it. Uh, but what we must not be, Christians, is that we must not suffer uh, from secondhand offence of somebody else's suffering. You know, many times in our world today, I meet people who don't believe in, in, in Jesus and go like, how can there be a God, you know? What kind of God will cause a young child to have cancer? What kind of God will, will cause a, a, a married couple to have miscarriage? What kind of God will, will cause there to be war? And usually people who are criticising those things are not people who are in war, are people who don't have cancer and people who don't have miscarriage. And it's very easy to be outraged by other people's suffering, but rarely have I ever met somebody who has cancer who hates God. Rarely have I ever met somebody in war who hates God. In fact, it's people in war who are crying out to God, God, we believe you can solve this just like that. God, I believe I got cancer, but I believe that you can heal me. You know, so I'm holding on to your truth. You know, yes, God, we just had a miscarriage, it's painful, but we believe that our child is with you. You know, so friends, let's, let's, let's also learn to, to adjust, you know, how we view suffering. Amen? Because the Bible also reminds us this, you know, in 1 in Corinthians, if not I'm mistaken, it says that God will not give us more than what we can bear. We will not be tempted beyond what we can handle. In other words, if anything in our lives, even suffering, can tempt us to hate God, then God will not allow that. In other words, whatever challenges that God puts you and you can be tempted to hate God, you can be tempted to walk away, but 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 that's just what it is. It's just a temptation. It's not a reality. There is also an option for you to persevere. And, and so that's what I mean. God knows. So don't look at another person's suffering and, and hate God on their behalf. No, no, no. God will give them special grace to go through what they have to go through. Amen? We need to understand that. So... How do we go through that for our own suffering? Because that's the most important thing, right? Let other people fight their battles. You fight your own battle. So how do we go through suffering if we now understand that God does use suffering for our benefit? We go through it rejoicing. Point number two, rejoice. Rejoice. Amen? And I'm not talking about Just being happy and always having a positive mindset. Oh, okay, rejoice, you know. Just smile all the time. No, no, no. God's not asking us to ignore the problem. God's not asking us to overcome our current challenges by the power of positive thinking. No, 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 no. Philippians chapter 4, verse 4 to 7, tells us the solution. He says here, Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say rejoice. And some of us, we've been in church long enough, you know that song, right? Rejoice in the Lord always. And again I say rejoice, rejoice. Anyway, let your gentleness be known to all men. The Lord is at hand. Now the way to understand this is that the Lord is near. The Lord is at hand. The Lord is near. Be anxious for nothing but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving... That's another way for rejoicing. Let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds through Christ Jesus. Rejoice, but specifically rejoice in the Lord. Don't rejoice over your tragedy. Don't go like, oh yeah, wow, praise God. Uh, uh, my, my, My parents' marriage is in trouble. No, 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 don't do that. That's unchristian. Don't go like, oh, praise God, a shooting just happened. No, 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 that, that, that's, that's crazy. You know, instead, no matter how chaotic and, and how tragic things around us are, as Christians, we are told, rejoice in the Lord. Not rejoice at the situation, not rejoice at, you know, whatever, but rejoice in the Lord, which means that find your joy. When things go crazy around you, when you're suffering, when you're choking, when you feel like giving up, Learn to find joy. Learn to remember again. Rejoice. No, a, a, a rediscover that joy again. Rejoice. Joy rediscovered. Rejoice. Rediscover that in God. And when you do that, Scripture tells us, there will be a gentleness that comes upon us and there will be a awareness that God is suddenly near. And upon that, we are able to now proceed to ask God for help, but to ask with an attitude of rejoicing and an attitude of thanksgiving. And when you do that, the Bible promises that the peace of God, this overwhelming sense of peace, some of you have already felt it. Some of you have had a very chaotic week. Some of you are not even Christians, but there's something when the moment you walk into this place, it's not the music. It's not the food. You know, it's nice to, 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 to hear people say that, wow, it's so warm, the handshakes, and praise God for warm handshakes, and, 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 and people loving you, remembering your name, but, but, but what, truly what sets this place, and the church of God, apart from any other establishment, is the peace of God. And what you felt was probably a sense of peace that overwhelmed your troubled heart, that guarded your mind in Christ Jesus. And God is saying that this is what you go through. And, 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 and this is so powerful. That let, me, let, me, let me rephrase it just in case that got a little bit too deep. In other words, rejoicing in the Lord is saying this. If God loves me, and He does, He does, then it doesn't matter who hates me. Oh, my boss hates me. My husband hates me. Yeah. And I'm not saying that those things are not real. But I want you to know, there's something more powerful than that hate and that's God's love. If God has accepted you and He has, who cares who's rejecting you? I just went for a job interview. I was this close to being hired by Facebook or Google. God, why didn't you let me go through it? I feel so rejected. And God is saying that Hey, just because Facebook rejects you doesn't change the fact that I accept you. And, I, and, and my acceptance is, big, is bigger and better than being accepted into the best university. It's, 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 God's acceptance is better than receiving an acceptance letter from the, your, your dream company, your dream university. Whatever it is, you fill in the blank. If your dream place to study is Oxford, Cambridge, Harvard, then God's love is better than a letter of acceptance from any of those places combined. If, if, if your dream company is, I don't know, Apple or, 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 or you know, again, I don't know much, um, you know, doesn't matter. You know, if, 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 you know, Tesla offers you a job, it doesn't matter. What matters is that God accepts you. And God and 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 the Apostle Paul is reminding us that that is what keeps us going, and if you don't want to take my word for it, at least take the Apostle Paul's word for it. Paul wrote the letter to Philippians. He also wrote the the, the letter to the Romans. And and one thing Paul knows very well is suffering. And if you read the book of Acts, homework, go back and read the book of Acts. It'll be introduce you to this 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 character. His name. His his he was. Paul, his name was Saul Turn Paul and and he once caused great suffering to the people of God but God then used that suffering to turn it around for good. And and, and this Paul will tell you that he's been shipwrecked. How many of you love going on cruises? No? No? Yeah. Imagine going on a cruise and, and almost drowning, you know? And so in other words, uh, again, I, I don't mean to be insensitive, but, but, but if, if Paul was alive today, he was writing that letter to the Philippians, he'll be like, you know, I was on the Titanic, but I survived. You know, I was on the plane that was hijacked, but I survived. You know, I, 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 I was shipwrecked, I survived. I was beaten, I survived. I, I was stoned close to death, and I survived. I know a thing or two about suffering, real pain. And I can tell you that what got me through them was rejoicing in the Lord. So what if they stole me and kill me? So what if they take this earthly body away from me? God has my soul for all of eternity. And so rejoicing helps us to have a broader, wider, more eternal outlook on our current predicament. Amen? So learn to rejoice, friends. Rejoice. Amen? So how do we go through it? Rejoice, right? Learn to remind yourself that God is good. That, that, that remind, if, if you remember one thing, it doesn't matter if you forget Scripture or whatever, just remember that God loves you. Remember that God loves you and He died for you. And that alone is enough, Paul says, to sustain you through the worst that life can ever throw at you. Amen? But how now? do we comfort others who are suffering? Amen? You know, we, 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 we oftentimes hear of other people who are suffering and, and it's a real thing. And being angry on their behalf is, is not the right response. What we need to do and what we can do and the most loving thing we can do is point number three, remember. Remember. Remember what? Psalm 56, verse 8 to 11. Psalm 56, 8 to 11 tells us this. You keep track of all my sorrows. You have collected all my tears in your bottle. You know, it sounds familiar because it sounds like a song that we sing in church. You see, every song that we sing in church is not just out of human inspiration. It is out of biblical inspiration. And and it's, it's from here. Psalm 56, it says that we serve a God who keeps track of our sorrows. Not a single thing, not a single injustice that happens on earth flies by Him. He keeps track. In fact, every tear God collects. If, 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 if you were to use your imagination, you know, if you've been through a lot of pain recently, And you cry your fair share of tears. I want you to know every single one of those tears didn't just roll off your cheek. They weren't just wiped away in the tissue and chucked away. In heaven, God has a collection of every single tear you have ever cried. And He bottles them up and He remembers them. He remembers them. And so, what do we remember? Remember that God remembers. So the the, the most loving thing, friends, if your friend is suffering, if your friend is going through a tough time and you feel like you're lost for words, and your friend could even be crying out in anguish, the most loving and the most encouraging thing to comfort them, and maybe even ourselves sometimes, is to say God remembers. Pastor, pastor, I just got rejected by by this girl I like okay, God remembers. Pastor, uh, you pastor, know, I, I, I love God and, 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 but it just feels like everybody is progressing ahead of me. They're getting promoted ahead of me. They're getting married ahead of me. They're having children ahead of me. I'm, I'm, it sounds like I'm mocking but I'm not because these are real struggles that people have friends have come up and cried over and we've cried with them over. But all that we've comforted them is this, that God remembers. Because right now, they're feeling like God has forgotten me. God has forgotten me. He's forgotten to protect me. He's forgotten to provide for me. He's, he's forgotten that I exist. Everyone is zooming past. Everyone is getting more recognized. Everyone's getting more established. I, I'm still such, you feel, a loser. And God is saying, no, 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 you're not a loser. I remember you. I remember you. God remembers. You know, let's, let's continue to read. My enemies will retreat when I call to you for help. This I know, God is on my side. Amen. That's how you comfort others. God is on our side. I praise God for what He has promised. Yes, I praise the Lord for what He has promised. Amen. So again, He reminds us to rejoice. We're celebrating God and thanking Him in advance for what He has promised, what He will do. Amen? I trust in God, so why should I be afraid? What can mere mortals do to me? What can cancer do to me? What can abuse do to me? What can a debt do to me? Uh, what, what, what can rejection do to me? What can hey, hate? What can this do? They're just mortal threats. I'm loved by immortal love and I'm remembered by immortal God. God remembers. He remembers what we're going through. He remembers our pain. In fact, better than remembering our pain, He knows and has experienced our pain because in Hebrews chapter 12, verse 2, Jesus went through it looking on to Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before Him, endured the cross, despising the shame, and is sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. You see, Jesus not only came to solve the human problem, but He also role-modeled out how. And so even Jesus, in going through the cross, you know what kept Him going? for the joy that was set before Him. As He was there being rejected, being ridiculed, being mocked, being displayed in all nakedness for people to hate on. You know what kept Him going? It's worth it. It's worth it. There will be generations of people yet to be born that will know the love of God. Yes, the world is messed up but but what I do right now is able to be the solution that will keep my people going even through the tough times. For that joy set before me, I press on. For our joy, Christ pressed on. For our salvation, Christ pressed on. Knowing also that He is not forgotten by the Father because one day, All of this will be just a faint memory in history and He will be seated in the right hand of the Father forever because our God remembers. Amen? And so I just want to encourage us, you know, again, whatever you're going through right now, maybe this is a message for you currently or maybe this is a message for you in the future, but I want you to know that, hey, God is in the business of refining us. Even the most precious commodity on planet Earth, called gold, needs to be refined. If gold needs to be refined, what more of our broken lives? And God is just like how He refines the gold to make the gold more pure. He's refining us so that we become more pure. Not for Him, but so that we can be a greater blessing to the people around us. If you're going through something, learn to rejoice. Not at the situation, but rejoice in the Lord. If He has you, who cares what you don't have? Just let that thought sit in. If God has you and He has, who cares what you don't have? If He loves you, who cares who hates you? If He accepts you, who cares the rejections that you go through? Amen? And remember, Remember that God remembers. I know we talked a lot about joy and rejoicing and, and I want to encourage us by this simple fact and I'll close with this. that joy is the fruit of the Holy Spirit. And, and as followers of Jesus, God wants us to bear fruits of the Spirit. Fruits of the Spirit means this, that we are so filled, constantly filled and refilled by the Holy Spirit. There's so much of us, there's so much of God's presence, there's so much of God's love, there's so much of God's power within us that we cannot help but produce fruit. Because that's what happens for trees. That that tree is so healthy, so full of life, so full of nutrients, so full of energy, that it cannot help but produce fruits. something that others can enjoy and can give life to others. And within that fruit is even a seed that can plant and grow a new tree completely. And so friends, if rejoicing is the key to going through suffering, and joy is the fruit of the Holy Spirit, then I believe that what God wants and how God wants us to end today is to just come before Him and ask Him to fill us up again. Because maybe for some of us here, you've lost the joy. And you find it hard to rejoice. And God is saying, I love you. Come, sit at my feet. Come, you don't need to do anything. Just come near, come and taste again. Come and know again. Come and remember again. Come and experience in a supernatural way again how much I love you. How much I long for you. And when you're so filled up with my love that comes from the Holy Spirit, the assurance of faith that comes from the sealing of the Holy Spirit, we cannot help but produce fruits of joy that leads to rejoicing. So can I just invite the worship team up? And I just want to spend the remainder time of today's service and let's just worship. Let's just spend some time just meditating on God, soaking in His presence and just allow Him to fill us up again. All of us need a recharge. Before you can rejoice, you need to be recharged. And God wants to recharge us right now. God wants to fill us right now. How do we live a life that is steadfast to God? How do we live a life that's faithful in the good times and the bad? Do we go by our own strength alone? No, we go by the assurance that comes from the Holy Spirit. God loves us and is helping us to live and love Him back. If you've been touched by today's message and would like to invite Jesus into your life, why don't you join me in saying this prayer? Lord Jesus, thank you for paying the ultimate price for my sins by dying on the cross for me. I receive your love and forgiveness and eternal life by faith. Come into my heart and life and be my Lord and my Savior. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for tuning in today. We hope that you've been blessed by today's message. For more information about Acts, you can check out www.actschurch.uk. God bless.